0: Ben Hum is an award-winning multi-passionate serial entrepreneur who has been involved in nurturing numerous organizations over the past 20 years. Ben is the current president and co-founder of NAP Toronto, the Toronto chapter of North American Association of Asian Professionals. NAP is a nonprofit organization with over 28 city branches in the U.S., Canada, and China. NAP Toronto is committed to developing leadership career growth, diversity, and inclusion in the workplace for all Asian individuals. Ben is also directly involved in the campaigns of Toronto mayoral candidate Olivia Cho, helping more qualified Asian women attain leadership roles in the government. In this episode, Ben shares his insights regarding the societal expectations of Asian individuals, the importance of representation and education in combating occupational segregation among different racial and gender groups, ways to foster and leadership among the Asian community and many more interesting topics. We are very honored to have him here today
1: with us.
2: Yeah, okay, so our first question is if you could just introduce yourself and talk a little bit more about your organization. Sure,
1: my name is Ben Hum, and I'm the founder and president of NAP Toronto. We launched the chapter back in 2001. So I've been with the organization for quite some time now. By background, I'm also an entrepreneur and involved in digital health and sports technology companies.
3: Great. So what does NAP do specifically? Like we know that it's to empower Asian leaders, but like what um, specific programs or campaigns are there?
1: In terms of NAP, we have many different aspects to our programming. Certainly one of them is events, and as well as programs. And our mission is to foster leadership, foster career advancement, and increase diversity inclusion in the workplace. And that's delivered through our events and our programs. Our programs include our Mastermind, which is a peer group mentorship experience that we started in NAP Toronto about seven years ago. And now it's expanded to multiple chapters uh, this year, which includes NAP New York, that Boston and that Washington D.C. in collaborating with us, where we bring together Asian professionals from four different cities to really help each other with their career and personal challenges. These groups are formed with individuals that range from yeah. We also read online of ten we years kind of all the way to 20, the way. From middle <laughs> <We> to senior <laughs> management,
3: and each group to be consists an of So can you just tell us about what inspired you to pursue this interest so early on and like what inspired you to start um, NAP Toronto?
1: I come from a family of entrepreneurs. My parents were entrepreneurs, typical Chinese parents. We come from the restaurant business and I've learned so much from them uh, over the years that I helped them with the business. And as well as having to work weekends, I never had weekends to myself, (laughs) but at that time, you never realize the lessons that you gain from helping your parents and with their business. And from that, I was infected with entrepreneurialism. And because over time I also found out that I wasn't a very good employee. I was always the first one to get fired just because I don't fit well into Playing the corporate games or working for someone that I don't really respect, or that would give illogical orders (laughs) or requests that you just don't agree with. And so I'm not the type that would walk the standard corporate line, so to speak, and when you tend to be a maverick thinker or an innovative thinker or you're always looking for disruptive opportunities it leads you into the life of entrepreneurs just because you just want more for yourself
4: yeah, yeah definitely have you ex- experienced any challenges in becoming the successful leader you are today um due to your ethnic background
1: that is a really good question that I get a lot of. And I would have to say that growing up in Quebec and Montreal, I found that being Asian and an ethnic minority, there were challenges just because this was in the 80s. Now that I've just aged myself, that um, there was a challenge in terms of just trying to be an entrepreneur in that province at that time, just because in Quebec, there was a very French focus, a Francophone focus environment. And when I visited Toronto in the mid eighties to early nineties, I, I found it to be interestingly multicultural as well, because the first time I visited Toronto as well, for my first time seeing a banking machine, in English and Chinese, and I thought that was cool. I saw Chinese Canadians or Asian Canadians running and operating atypical businesses that are not restaurants or grocery stores or other typical business that you would see Asians running. And so I thought that that was interesting. And so with that, I, I felt there was more opportunities, in Ontario, but that was the challenge for myself. But in general with NAP Toronto and interacting with many Asian leaders across North America, I found that the Asian minority myth is a big challenge for Asian and Asian leaders. And when I say Asian minority myth, what comes to mind for you guys?
3: Well, for me, it's just like obedient, being um like very respectful and hard-working yeah Yeah.
2: there's like a lot of stereotypes surrounding that like um like they're gonna be really smart and hard-working there's just that expectation set up that might end up creating like not giving enough credit to them for their accomplishments which is definitely a really big issue
1: Yeah, and you're right. And that actually comes in the form of possibly microaggressions as well. And in in the form of microaggressions, it could be assumptions such as, oh, you're Asian. You must be really good with numbers. Or, oh, you're Asians. You must really enjoy eating exotic animals. Or all your food doesn't smell that great. (laughs) And so sometimes when you go to the lunchroom, you get embarrassed about eating your lunch. Because I know I've experienced that when I went to school.
3: Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like in school, like at least for our school, I think, I feel like it's becoming more progressive. I I think a big factor that's inhibiting like the Asian community in our school from like pursuing leadership roles is more internalized, like internalized racism, because like growing up, we've heard so many like, oh, you're supposed to be obedient or you're supposed to like, you know, have these um, standards because you're Asian. It makes you feel like you should be that way as well. And you should be obedient to like your white peers or something like that. I think that's a big factor.
1: Yeah, certainly. Uh, just because of that hardworking culture that we create for ourselves, because we are hardworking people, that it doesn't come with being assertive or having leadership skills or being able to manage people, that you are a one-trick pony, that you're a one-dimensional worker, that you don't have enough diverse interests. And that leads to a lack of social capital and personal networks. Because that's where the points of value really come to play when you are looking for jobs, looking for work, or looking for opportunities.
2: That's very true. Do you think these are some challenges that would inhibit Asians from developing as leaders?
1: Absolutely. And it really depends on the impact of self-limiting beliefs that you have about yourself, because those could hold you back. If you find that you've been behaving a certain way, that society or other leaders in your life are expecting you to behave a certain way, you might come off thinking, that's who I am. And that's how I should conduct myself in my environments. And you don't ask questions yeah. because, in many cases in our culture, we may not be empowered to ask questions. Mm-hmm. In most cases these days, critical thinking is, is like having a superpower.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like a lot of these stereotypes might just already be ingrained in our own culture that, like, we've already set up the expectation that we're supposed to behave in a certain way, that this stereotype has been expected of us from a lot of other communities now. So And
1: over time, it gets to be very limiting uh, because it's been said that microaggression is often described as death by a thousand cuts.
3: Right. Moving on, since you're helping out with um, Toronto mayoral can- candidate Olivia Chow's campaign, um, what responsibilities and impacts do you think politicians have in regards to combating systemic racism and promoting growth for the Asian community?
1: Politicians has a big role to play because they set the policies and as well set the tone for the conversation for our community. and leadership is really another side of representation because it's important to have someone that you can relate to that speaks on your behalf, that represents the voice that you have, because this is the important part of civic engagement where you exercise your right to vote, because if you don't do that, other others will speak for you. And this is all part of just keeping your head down, do your work, but the impact of that is that in more cases than not, you will not be automatically recognized for that. Right. So it's important to step up to the plate and do what you can within what you're comfortable with for now, because it's important to get uncomfortable (laughs) in order to learn as an individual and as a also professional. So in terms of just helping out politically and the opportunity for representation is part of one of the programs that NAP Toronto had launched with Olivia Chow's organization called Change Leaders, where we initiated a program in 2021 with a coalition of Chinese Canadian organizations from coast to coast across Canada, where our mandate was to support Asian slash Chinese Canadian leaders run for publicly elected office at three levels of government, including school trustees. Our program was so effective that we had the participation of leaders from First Nations as well. So it's important from our aspect to build allies, To others as well as allies to us as the Chinese community. This was an important aspect of that especially over the COVID-19 pandemic because there was numerous cases around the world of Asian targeted violence And, and many mainstream companies reached out to NAP and NAP Toronto on better educating their employees as well as their constituents on how they can more effectively help the Chinese community to fight back and to push back in that so that we had workshops such as bystander intervention so people will know how to respond to these situations because sometimes when you encounter situations that you're not comfortable with or you've never been faced with, you don't know how to respond. You might freeze up. And sometimes the best thing to do in most cases, is just to walk away because you don't want to be involved, Yeah, but that is opposite of being an effective leader.
4: That's really important.
3: Yeah. I also wanted to say like seeing Olivia Chow as like a female Asian, like leader in our community really inspires us because we go to an all girl school so i feel like growing up as an asian girl it's like as an asian person you're already told to be submissive and like not really confident as a girl even you're even more like it you have that like it's ingrained in you that you have to be not confident and you don't have a voice that you could like share to other people so I think seeing Olivia Chow really makes us believe that we can be confident and do that as well. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's really inspiring.
1: Oh, I just want to add to, to that point where not only does not Toronto have programs such as Run Forward, but I also wanted to mention that in the community, there are programs such as the Public Service Secretariat, uh, a, different levels of government what they do is they create opportunities where ethnic minorities and other professionals could apply to serve on tribunals on commissions and boards on public bodies such as metro zoo or ontario science center and these organizations would function a lot more effectively with better representation or even a much more inclusive approach towards gender equality, providing opportunities for women, especially in those industries that are male dominated. Mm -hmm. So for example, as an IT professional in my with my tech background, I thought all the programs that were launched in the last number of years To help support girls that code, just to provide more opportunities in stem
2: yeah so it's like really important and really amazing that we have olivia chow as a role model that we can look up to for a lot of these breaking a lot of stereotypes and barriers for asian women yeah and also these
4: programs to help like inspire the younger generation too
2: like adding
3: on to what you said about the occupational segregation regards in regards to like gender and like different minority groups. I think a big um, part of like causes the occupational segregation is just like the, de- the development of people like growing up in education and the different institutions that and their environment then how they how their environment influences them and their environment um pushes their view like you're not supposed to be this or you're supposed to be like this and that kind of makes them unconsciously go into careers that for example girls shouldn't be in stem or girls shouldn't do coding and that's kind of like an unconscious thing that's so like dangerous to people's development, and I'm, you're helping out with, you know how people view the careers that they can pursue. So thank you.
1: Absolutely, and this extends to entrepreneurship. There, because getting out of the pandemic and lockdown, there, there have been many career pivots for professionals that have spent their lives working for companies, and now they're taking a second look and, and saying. Hey, I can do something for myself. I can start up my own business. And that's really exciting.
4: Yeah.
1: And, and, I mean, with parents encouraging their kids to pursue the atypical career options, such as accountant, lawyer, doctor, <laughs> because they're coming from a place of trying to create more security for your future.
3: Right.
1: And 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 there's nothing wrong with that. But the opportunities through globaliza- uh, globalization around the world have created more opportunities than before. Even with technology, there are so many different companies that are being created on a monthly basis where there's new industries being created. There's so much disruption going on and it's really the skies and limits
4: With that, could you talk more about like how you you see the future of Asian entrepreneurship, what opportunities and challenges you foresee?
1: I I wouldn't say there's challenges as much as there are opportunities. Um, It's really, I'm a kind of glass half full type of person. Mm -hmm. And because of technology, our ethnic background comes into play even more just because we can balance the perspectives from different cultures and people appreciate that now more just because when you can bring in a variable of different perspectives, your value increases in terms of understanding where the opportunities are. So for example, with nap toronto i co-founded the waterfront night market back in 2010 and it has grown to one of the largest outdoor food festivals for the city and that's hosted at ontario place Um, but because the shutdown is going to be hosted at the cne grounds this year and it was a fusion of asian culture with mainstream culture because we have such a diverse audience from the city who appreciates multiculturalism and how food brings our culture all together for everyone to appreciate. So that's an example of an opportunity.
3: So speaking of multiculturalism, what are some ways you think that people outside of the Asian community could support us and also how we could foster inner group connections and how we can break those barriers of like the min- Asian minority myth and other microaggressions and stereotypes?
1: That's a really good question. And it really starts with yourself on how you integrate with other cultures and other ethnic groups and how you can relate to them. Because it starts with that because that's where through understanding and empathy, you're able to understand the challenges of people not like you. And this all started with the Black Lives Movement and and then it really transferred over to other challenges faced by other ethnic groups. We talked about how COVID-19 created a different set of challenges for people of Asian background. And, And as I mentioned, where Others have started reaching out to us as a a community on how they could respond to that situation. And it's really through building understanding of each other where we're more equipped to support each other. So for example, it's really through education where we overcome unconscious biases. I'll give you a very simple one where if you're applying for a job and the recruitment manager can't even pronounce your name because you're from another country. So what happens is your resume goes to the bottom of the pile just because they can't pronounce your name. Or you probably heard of people whitewashing their name because they wouldn't get hired to their job or they won't get into certain movie roles just because their name is not white enough. And it's really through that education and empathy and better understanding of our mutual challenges to create more opportunities than limit growth. Because sometimes people come from a place of fear and it's really not understanding is what limits their actions or they're coming from a place of ignorance. And it's our job to help educate and it's through organizations like Toronto where we try to build better awareness and to educate and to build allies because you need to connect yourself with a platform to do that.
2: Um, what advice would you give young Asian entrepreneurs who are just starting out their journey and how can they navigate potential challenges and find success?
1: As I mentioned, leadership and breaking barriers start with you. And breaking barriers is just not about ethnic barriers. It's also about your personal limitations or your self beliefs of having grown up in a certain environment where society is dictating who you can be, but that shouldn't be the case because you should have the opportunity to find and grow into the best version of yourself. And it's really by associating with others or organizations, that help open doors as opposed to closing them that you should gravitate towards. I mean, there's a popular saying of you become the person who you are based on the five people around you. So just make sure you carefully choose those five people organizations that you associate yourself with. And at the same time, leadership just can't be a talking point. It just can't be a meme that you post on your social media just because you enjoyed it or you liked it because. It doesn't mean that that's how you practice your life leadership is about internalizing the values based on your own personality and style that fits within your character so that you become actively engaged in the process of owning leadership and it's not a one-size-fits-all approach when it comes to leading your own life leading with others with authenticity by knowing what your purpose is Oh, to give you a simple example My authenticity and my purpose is driven by creating opportunities, by helping others to succeed. Because when I was growing up, I wish there was more organizations like NAP Toronto or more Asian leaders in the political scene that would create the role models that we look up to for ourselves and for our children. But there's never been more opportunities than there are now. And it's really just about getting actively involved and sustaining the effort of being a leader, because being a leader is very similar to, to training your muscles, because that's how I see leadership. You have to get into an organization, similar to Nap Toronto or other leadership organizations, where you could cross train yourself to be a better leader, because it takes practice, it takes ownership of creating that belief and breaking the barriers. Because it's not going to happen overnight. It takes time. It's really that incremental sustained effort that makes a difference for yourself and for those around you.
4: And that's with any skill. It's like like training a muscle. You need to build it.
1: Correct. And so it looks like you've got two workout partners with you right there.
4: (laughs) Okay. That's all our questions we have today. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us and talk with us about these topics. We really appreciate
1: it. Okay, have a great Sunday. You
4: You too. too.